I'm excited to welcome this week's Tierra Talk Show guest, Jody Dreyer to the show. Welcome, Jody. Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me. You know, I, it's been a while since we've had a guest who has been on the show to promote a book that's relevant to Disney, and it's been, I, I think it's been a year and a half. So when I got in touch with you, thanks to our lovely friend Tim O'Day, um, I was like, why haven't I heard about this book? I need this book and I need to have Jody on the show. First of all, I should refer is Beyond the Castle, a guide to discovering your happily ever after. So thank you very, 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 very much for being on the show. I wouldn't have <laughs> missed it because all things Disney, you know, all roads lead back through Tierra Talk. So I'm <laughs> I'm glad to be here. I know. Isn't that crazy? It's kind of weird how it all, everybody knows everybody basically. And that's so great though. It's a family feel and and you really get it across in this book but I wanted to start out with your family your 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 sisters your brothers your your mom your dad so you went to Disney World almost as much as I did when I was a kid so why don't you talk about like that those first couple of trips because it seemed like you had just as much fun as I did when I was younger well I tease (laughs) my mom and you're absolutely right It, it was a family affair for sure but I tease her because my very first trip trip to a Disney theme park was when my mom was pregnant with me and she went to Disneyland with my older brother. And so I tell her, you know, I was born into it. It was meant to be, but (laughs) she went to Disneyland and my dad was in the Navy and they were out in California. And so I don't obviously remember that trip, but that's when it all started, so to speak. And then we, I grew up in the Midwest, Indiana and Ohio and that area. So Walt Disney World was actually the park that we visited the most as a family. And, you know, it was a big ordeal for the family to make it down there. So we didn't go all the time. Like some people, it makes me laugh when people will say, oh, I only went six times last year or some (laughs) crazy number. So we uh, were there the year that Walt Disney World opened in 1971. And I remember as a little girl, just we were there at Christmas. And of course, you know, Christmas in and of itself, the lights are brighter, everything is magical. And so there we were at the Magic Kingdom. And I just thought, wow, this, it doesn't get any better than this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, watching the fireworks and experiencing it with my family. And it just was one of those moments that's frozen in your mind and, and, as we say, magical memories are made and, and it was a special time. And then a few years later, we were able to go back again. And from there, it just became a very special place for our family, but then for me personally. And so fast forward a few years when I was in college and a dear friend of mine, we said, what could be better than a summer job at Disney. Mm -hmm. And it just really started from the college program that summer. I went down and the interesting thing is it was the year they were testing out the college program. So we were an unofficial college program program and we were there that summer. And then 
because it wasn't official, they invited all of us back the following summer to participate in the first official, it was at the time called the Magic Kingdom College Program because they didn't have all the other parks. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, you know, the program spreads throughout the parks. It's also international uh, with folks that come in from all around the world. So it's really grown since then. But it it is fascinating because we lived in these trailers in Snow White campground and they were just figuring out how it was all going to work. So that was a exciting time too. But that's a long answer to your question to say <laughs> many magical family vacations were were had by the Carbiner family, which is my maiden name. And we had a great time. There were four of us kids and I have two brothers and a sister. And at some point in all of our lives, everybody worked at Disney, including my mom. The only person was my dad. And he's a nuclear engineer by trade. He has his doctorate in nuclear engineering. So he's a brainiac. And he said, I already have a job. I don't need another job. <laughs> but my mom got a little jealous one holiday that we were all there working. And she said, I feel like I want to you know, be a part of the magic. So she got a job on Main Street and, and we just had a blast. And then my dad was in charge of all the logistics. He would get us all to our our positions. He would make sure we all were fed. And it was a huge, fabulous uh, Christmas holiday one year. So after the college program, what, what specifically in the college program did you work on? Was it just the attractions or? Actually, my first position on the college program was in merchandise. I worked at the Emporium on mm. Main Street and, you know, all of us college programmers got the late shift. So we would go in at about 4.30 and we would get be finished and closing at about 2.30 at night. And wow. then, of course, during the day, we spent our time around the Snow White campground rec center and pool and then at the beach. So that was a pretty great summer. And then that summer in anticipation of the following year, I actually auditioned for the parades. I dance. I'm not professionally trained or anything. I just like to dance. So I auditioned and I was a summer swing was what it was called where you learned all of the routines for the parade for the female cast members. And then whoever was on their summer vacation of the permanent cast members, I would fill in. So I did Frontierland Dancer, Can Can, Tomorrowland Dancer, the birthday party, uh, Main Street. And then I would do the afternoon parade. And then in the evening, the electrical light parade was at Walt Disney World at the time. So I was a Cinderella ballroom dancer for oh the two parades in the evening. So needless to say, I would like to brag and say I was in the best shape of my life uh, dancing three parades a day for sure. What was probably the, the silliest mishap that might have happened during a parade for you or that you kind of recall? This was an uh, the original version of the 
Main Street Electrical Light Parade. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the lights were powered through these battery packs. And so they were strapped to us, um, some around the waist, and then some that would light up the headgear, for lack of a better word, the tiaras and different things that we were wearing in the costume. And so it started smoking. And my partner sort of danced by me and he was like, hey, you're smoking. And I was like, well, thank you very much. But um, in essence, what happened is it wasn't obviously flames, but there was just this little smoldering and there was a little short in it. And so I, all my training came back to me of, you know, don't stop the parade. Don't the show must go on. And Mm -hmm. so I twirled down this little side street out a door and probably people watching the parade were like, hello, where is she going? (laughs) You know, what's happening? But anyway, that was my claim to fame that I was the smoking electrical light parade dancer one night. But anyway, no one reading that. (laughs) Just, I I thought it would be. It was, but that's probably one of the you know, most memorable moments for sure. And and when Epcot finally opened, uh, what was your first initial reaction? You were a cast member at the time too, still, or you had, you'd moved on. I'm trying to remember. Correct. I was just, um, so I went back and I, my dad would always tease me when I was a parade dancer and say, now, you know, you need to go back and graduate from college because there will come a day that you will not be able to can can quite that, (laughs) that much. So I did. Thank you, dad. I went back and I graduated. And the year that I came back was the year that Epcot was opening. Mm -hmm. So, um, It was needless to say, you know, having left with one park and then coming back and throughout my 30 years at Disney, you know, obviously at Walt Disney World and at parks around the world, it's amazing the change that an additional park can make. So Epcot really was so fascinating because it was bringing together many cultures, both the people themselves, plus all of the attractions telling just a a magical story that spoke a little bit. We used to say it was, it's a small world blown up into its own theme park. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, um, when we came, yeah. So when we came back and all of that was opening and to be a part of that and, um, Then when I came back and for a short time, I was in guest relations and tour guides. So we had to learn this entirely new park and all of the history and ins and outs. And, and that, like you were saying, when you were able to go behind the scenes of the parade, um, a couple friends of mine were funny when I was working on the book and they said, now you're not going to spoil the magic for us, are you? And I said, no, actually I would make the case that getting a glimpse at the magic behind the magic enhances it more so than, than takes away. So that's the way I felt having to learn then Epcot as well as knowing the Magic Kingdom so well, you felt like you really got to peek behind the curtain and and just learn all of the history and, and the Imagineers and all the creativity that went into each of those attractions. Walt's nephew, Roy Disney, he's the only Disney that I worked closely with or that I knew by the time I was with the company, you know, Walt had passed away. I didn't know Walt. And so, but Roy said something very early in my career that really helped me. And he said, 
you know, I can't answer specific questions what Uncle Walt would have liked or a given decision, you know, would he have wanted to turn right or turn left or, you know, those kinds of day to day. But he said, what I do know growing up with his dad and with Uncle Walt and his dad, Roy, was that they embraced change and they were always fascinated and interested in new technologies and new deliveries and ways of storytelling, never changing the heart of the story or the core essence, but really looking for new ways to engage and and make magical memories and you know, present the finest in family entertainment and all of those things, they were always pushing, groundbreaking, you know, imagining, dreaming, uh, and curious. I mean, one of the words that everyone that describes Walt says he was curious. He just wanted to see how that worked and, you know, the magic behind the magic, what, what was happening behind the scenes. And so I was glad that I was able to hear Roy talk about that and have that discussion with him early on. And when people talk about the magic behind the magic, I created what I call, it's my little public service announcement or PSA. And it's really the P is about the people. And I think the more we stay focused on the people or in Disney terms, characters. So people that are, let's say, animators or cast members at the theme parks. So creating the magic and then the the guests that are being served that are coming to the parks or the films and, and the people always drive it. You know, Walt has this great quote, you can dream, create and design the most magical place in the world, but it takes people to make that dream a reality. And Walt knew back then it would always be about the people. So I think keeping you know, focused on the people. And then the S in PSA is really about storytelling. So you were talking about changes to attractions. Well, to me, if it um, helps tell the story and if it adds interest and twists and turns and, and just makes the story richer and deeper, then there's a reason to do it. If not, then we shouldn't be doing it. And that's really true as a life lesson and Disney. So I think um, the storytelling is key. You know, if we're ever just making changes for the sake of change, then it's probably the wrong reason to do it. But if it adds value, then I think it makes perfect sense. And then the A in PSA is about attention to detail. And I think so much... Again, the book is really using Disney as a doorway in to say, how can you take what Disney does so well and apply it to your life, to your business, to your everyday? If we're focused on people and great storytelling, you know, all of us are telling a story with our lives. And if we're focused on that and then attention to detail, you know, purposeful and and practical and, and just being in the game, I think. Um, and again, Disney is masterful at the details. And I think that's why people respond to the theme parks and the films and the merchandise and everything is that there is this maniacal attention to detail. And I think if all of us had that a little more, then it goes to your, so it's less about 
okay, I'm going to choose to be positive, although I will say that I'm a firm believer that happy is a character and a state of mind. So I think there is something to choosing to be positive. But I think, again, it's getting the priorities right. And I think the people's story attention to detail is is why Disney's successful. I think it it's a great way that we can be successful and businesses can replicate um, you know, what Disney does by focusing on those three things. And then of course the end to all of it is my favorite line ever is I love fireworks. And I think, uh, you know, they're just such a great analogy for life. So my end to the PSA would be celebrate everything and every day and everyone and don't forget the fireworks. So again, you know, listeners, I will have a link below to the show notes, of course, to Jody's book, Beyond the Castle, A Guide to Discovering Your Happily Ever After. Um, but Jody, do you have any other websites or social media pages that we can still, you know, stay in touch with you and, and get some, you know, day to day, you know, or week to week feedback of, you know, what what you're next up to? <laughs> well, there's a, a couple things happening. One, you can go beyond to the book website, beyondthecastlebook.com. And that's a great way. There's a few little behind the scenes things and some of my favorite Walt quotes. And so that's a good, a good resource. And then periodically I will be putting things up, um, you know, on Twitter, there's a beyond the castle, uh, I'll do some tweets and some things from the book. And then the, book is out right now in hardback. And so I've been doing some speaking and just traveling. So I will pop up if I'm going to be someplace. So I was in Orlando and out in California. And, um, again, if there's someplace where, you know, we'll be answering questions or chatting would be, um, definitely we'll pop it up on that site. You know, thank you so much for thank being on the you. show. <laughs> no, I really appreciate it. And thanks for the opportunity because more than anything, like I said a few minutes ago, I really hoped that the book would be, Disney would be the doorway in that people would realize, you know, happily ever after isn't just a Disney concept mm -hmm. that for each of us or our businesses or whatever wherever people are today that happily ever after can be a part of that and not in a happy, clappy, everything's perfect. I mean, I'm not Pollyanna and I don't think that, you know, every day is magical. Having said that, I do think there's some things that I learned along the way at Disney that Disney does do well that can be applied to life and, and to business. So that was my hope for the book that people would go beyond the castle, hence the title, mm -hmm. and think about their happily ever after and what that looks like and what's important to them. And so anytime I can talk about that or share, I'm really thankful that you gave me a few minutes to, you know, chat about it and hopefully get someone you know, excited to go beyond. But before we end, I have three Disney themed questions. I ask each guest. Uh oh, I'm nervous. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 don't worry. These are, these is are it, opinions. Is it Disney trivia? Oh, no, opinions. no, opinion, okay. opinions. <laughs> okay. So they're the fab three. So we'll start with the Donald one, which is as a child, what Disney film was one of your favorites to see in the movie theater? Easy. This Mary Poppins. I aspire to Mary Poppins. Let's spend a minute on that bag, like we were saying, you know, cloudy days, 
um, you know, let's go fly a kite, spoonful of sugar. I just think she has great advice. And I love, and I remember sitting there again with my family, you know, it was one of the first movies that I saw in a movie theater and it just was life-changing. And to this day, I see anything. I, I love Mary Poppins collectibles and memorabilia and the music and, and it just makes me smile. And I think it's one of my touchstones. So that, that was an, an easy question. <laughs> okay. Here, here's a little harder one, a goofy question. What Disney character do you think would be your best friend if you met them in person? I'm going to probably go with Winnie the Pooh because I've been told I'm like Tigger and I feel like Tigger needs Winnie the Pooh and my husband's nickname is Eeyore. So I feel like if we had Winnie the Pooh, we'd sort of complete this little scenario happening. And our Mickey question, if I asked you to name any Disney song at this very moment, what immediately comes to mind? Theme park-wise, it would be from Country Bear Jamboree, any song out of Country Bear Jamboree, which, <laughs> you know, is gone in, in some of the parks. But that was one of our favorites because of the age difference with all of our kids. That was one of the first attractions we would all go to together and just sing along. And so those would be theme park song. Um, I think just general song, um, again, all the Mary Poppins songs, and I'm probably going to have to go with Beauty and the Beast. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Jody. I really, I really enjoyed the book, and I can't wait for your sequel. So there's a word that I talk about all the time called um, servitality, and it's, you know, most people talk about service, but then they talk about hospitality. And I really think the problem is that we separate the two because for for fabulous over-the-top experiences, I think you have to have – so I made up this word that um, I trademark called servitality. And so people have been asking me and saying, okay, tell me about that and will you come – talk about this and will you do this? And so I've been jotting down all these questions that people ask me and all these different things. So I haven't quite decided what I'm doing with it, but that's the next big one. So I'll give you a little tease for that. How's that? I love it. I'm I'm all for teasers. So you let us know when you're ready and you can come on back. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. Perfect. Just let me know. <laughs> Perfect. Well, again, I so appreciate the time and just um, your enthusiasm you know, behind letting the magic shine. Yeah, clap your hands and stomp your feet and try to keep right with them. Once you're 